Hey, this is great. I'm glad you found us. Welcome to the conversation. This is the Wags and Fresh Podcast. Well, the loveliest thing that I ever did see was a young man dreaming of what he could be. This episode of the Wags and Fresh Podcast is brought to you by Fresh Start Chiropractic. Located at 6 Shore Road in Linwood, New Jersey, or you can visit us on the web at drfreshnewjersey.com. That's drfreshnj.com. Also, please check out our website at wagsandfresh.com, where you can see all the updated info about the podcast, as well as information about the books that John has written, some videos he's done as well, soon to have some merchandise there as well. So enjoy. On today's episode, we interviewed Jason Marshall. Uh, we had some technical difficulties during the interview. Um, towards the end, we, it actually sounds like John and I are talking over Jason. I was unable to clean that up and fix it in editing. Um, so one of the things I want to make sure you hear is Jason's website. It's jasonstanleymarshall.com. So you can visit him there and see uh, many of the materials that he has that um, we talk about in the episode. So enjoy. Okay, uh, grab a cup of coffee or two, a pen and a notepad. Um, Has there ever been a time where you had something you wanted to talk to your kids about but didn't know how to create an engaging dialogue or get your message across? Do you ever wish you knew a better way to help them with the challenges they're going through in their life or have two kids that need a completely different approach? Would you like to learn ways to help your kids understand what they are feeling and why? How about ways to teach them at a young age some of the most important lessons you've learned in life like resilience? Have you ever wished you had the right techniques to communicate with your kids in a way that builds them up? Imagine if you can learn all these things and at the same time be building relationships with your entire family while setting example for what's possible for other families. Well, Jason is the guy who's taught and continues to teach me about how to be a better father to Mackenzie. Jason has too many talents to mention. He has mentored me as a man, a husband, a father, a leader, and a dreamer. I'm so glad to have Jason on the podcast um, for Justin to get to know him better. And I'm ready to refresh, learn more, and continue my training and building relationships with kids and my daughter, Mackenzie. So if you're a teacher or work with kids, if you're a coach, aunt or uncle, if you feel that one of the greatest gifts we can give in our lives is to be a positive influence in the lives of a younger person, then you're going to enjoy this podcast. Justin, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Jason. He has speaks to adults and kids and churches and schools all around the country, and now we have him here with us. Well, welcome, Jason. Um, uh, it's a pleasure to uh, to get to meet you. Um, uh, hopefully one day soon enough it'll be face-to-face, but obviously for now it'll be this way. So welcome to the podcast, and why don't you just at least uh, give us a little bit of, you know, a setup about who you are, what your background is, and and before we kind of dive into the to the deep stuff. All right. Well, thank you both for having me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, having a great conversation today and being able to uh, glean from each other, uh, so we can uh, all use this time, you know, during our our lockdown to, as I've been encouraging people, come out better on the other side than you went into it. Um, you know, one of my favorite verses is that we are more than a conqueror. And uh, for those of you that read or don't read the Bible, but uh, for those of you that even don't, you know, what's interesting is we can uh, really look at our obstacles like this uh, more as an opportunity so that uh, a regular conqueror, I think is interesting, just gets around, over, or eliminates its obstacle. But a more than a conqueror uses that very obstacle as an opportunity to be stronger, further, faster, and, and anything else you can think of with an ER at the end mm-hmm. uh, than they were before it. And so, uh, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, joining you guys as we look to uh, get ourselves better here. You know, to John's point <laughs> and watching some of the video uh, clips on your, on your website, um, you know, a lot of those things you, you end up learning as an adult. I ended up learning some of those skills. Uh, I mean, I'm in the sales business uh, as a, <laughs> as my day to day career. Um, and before that I was in sort of restaurant management, uh, hospitality business. And, and you had to obviously deal with in both professions, customer service, customer interfacing, problem solving, 
you know, uh, disgruntled employees, disgruntled customers, all that kind of stuff. And you had to learn how to really manage through that in a way that was um, problem solving, um, conflict resolution. Um, and there was a level of resilience that was also part of that. And I guess uh, what's, I think, to John's point at the, at the beginning of this all is how could you learn that sooner? I wish I would have learned that sooner because I learned that sort of on the fly uh, in my 20s as I was becoming, um, you know, starting my career, beginning my career, and that was taking off. So it uh, it is something that I think that it's it, it's never too early to teach kids, in my opinion. I, I don't I don't believe that we can we should talk down to them. That's just my personal opinion in a way that, you know, maybe they don't get it when they're six or seven. But if you te- start teaching them at six and seven, they might get it at eight or nine versus starting at eight or nine. They get it at 10 and 11. Right. So I'd rather start sooner than later on teaching those life skills to, to children. And then again, I think um, a lot of what you teach um, and I probably could still get better at all those skills um, because I just don't consciously practice them or think about them in those ways but I think it's a great it's a great uh, skill and a tool that is uh, something that people should take some time to to look at and listen to because um, it's it's a great lesson for our children for sure right well well the the real lesson or the real takeaway is this the reason uh, as to what you mentioned why it's we need to practice it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we practice everything else. Like if I wanted to become a, uh, a concert pianist, I'm going to repeat the same song over and over again. So there's muscle memory and I don't rely on just my my own thoughts and brain at the time, because when the pressure's on, your thoughts are all over and are going to go out the window. And, and a, an athlete who's preparing for a specific play uh, you, you know, uh, that they have to do. They'll run that same play over and over again on the football field. So they're same thing in baseball there. So they're ready to respond in the heat of the pressure with muscle memory than they are with their own conscious uh, uh, thoughts. Sure. And it's the same thing. That's why, and then even with kids, the other, uh, so we role play and gamify it. Um, gamify and role play it. So that way it's engaging and it's repetitive for them to gain the the muscle memory of how to respond, and uh, yeah, so that that really that that'll help because uh, uh, a lot of times we just put the the knowledge in our brain and walk away sure. and think it think we've got it. And and I think if we could go one step back further, I think it would help people to understand yep. how you build relationships in the first place, which I think you're a master at. Okay, well, here's three quick tips that I, I was just trying to think of for, for parents during this time that are now with their kids way more than they've ever been. Uh, and one is have a unified plan. Two is uh, make it their problem. And I can go over all these. And three, model with humility. Right. Yeah. So can you show, like, maybe show, because maybe sometimes I know as a parent, you know, we want to say things and we think we're either talking to an adult, so it's going to happen or we just get frustrated because the, the, a child has a will of his own. So how about some of those techniques? Remember how you would teach me how to get down eye level and, you know, just connect before you even do anything, they have to let you in. Right. Yes. Yes. So, well, so that's where uh, these three things lead is, to, the, to those opportunities. Yeah. Uh, well, so right. Nobody likes to be talked down to. Uh, so you'll notice like even when I was over children's ministry. So back to that too, I'll slowly share some of my background as we go. Uh, but I started in youth ministry. I've been in through children's ministry and uh, I was a teacher in a school as well. I've done a, uh, too many things. Um, I was also in the uh, uh, restaurant industry for a while. Um, theater theater restaurant now, right now in now in sales yeah. theater restaurant yeah. my, my father owned a dinner theater <laughs> uh, <clears throat> too many things um but yeah eye level was one i mean that's one of the simplest is uh sometimes my boys are standing there and i've just sat down uh so i was even lower than them uh or uh, i've gotten on my knees uh, on one knee to be you know, because otherwise we're always talking over and down and that can create an automatic internally in them defense mode. Uh, so that's one. And with, uh, so with the first thing I said was have a unified plan. 
if you have a plan for how to respond, it'll help you not to over-parent or under-parent, and that's huge. Uh, we tend to, if we don't have a plan, over-parent, meaning we're, and that's my typical default, and then my wife's is under-parent, uh, you know, sometimes, should whatever, I, I don't care what they're doing. Uh, or me, I'll be like on top of every little, and I'll over-parent the situation. Uh, so that'll help if you have a plan to remain, because that's the one thing, they're going to feed off your energy. So that's the second thing we could say. First one is get on their eye level as much as possible, and the other one is uh, create the right energy. You know that, and if you're overparenting, that's the wrong energy, and if you're underparenting, that's the that's the wrong energy as well. Do you want to go through them as topics, or do you want to break down what that looks like and how to neutralize first? Well, yeah. So, so right, yeah. Uh, so. Think of maybe something that has happened or that that typically happens over and over again uh, that you and maybe Jen or anybody listening, you know, with uh, your spouse that happens and you feel like you just don't know what to do in that moment when it happens. Like when she talks, so it could just be one. It could be general and very specific, um, but you'll find that they typically lie in certain topics. So let's say she's talking back to you, you know, her her mouth, you know, and she's just. You ask her to do something and she doesn't do it. Uh, so you two sit down. You and that's why I said a unified plan. <clears throat> There's nothing worse than parents not being unified. Mm. So take time prior to get unified and make a plan. All right. So when she says this, we're going to do this. And then when she, you know, and you have that plan in place and then role play with each other. Uh, it, it comes back to role playing with, with a lot of things. So that way, the both of you are responding uh, and ha are following the same plan. And, and it'll help then for Mackenzie to see that the two of you are both unified and you're both following the same plan. And then that'll help you not to like get frustrated, you know, and start to overreact or overparent or go to, you know what, I'm just going to check out. And then you underparent and then either... Jen's left with overparenting while you're underparenting, mm -hmm. and then there's a conflict between you two or the opposite. Um, See, I I I got this memo from my wife that the unified plan is whatever she says, <laughs> and so I, I sign up for that. And I'm just kind of joking there, um, but I'm sure there is a lot of there are no, a lot of people that, that kind of default to that for sure. Um, so. But even if that is the plan, unify it ahead sure. of time. You know, say what is the plan? Hey, I I love your you know what you. Uh, the way you normally parent and help me follow that plan and then help them. Cause they don't always know what they're sure. doing sometimes in the sense of like, they didn't write well, it down. And if nothing else, they just want to know that you, you're going to, you're going to back them up. Even if, even if it's their plan and you're, you're going to subscribe to it, it, as long as they know you have their back, then that's just as important of whether you're part of creating the plan or not. And kids will see that and feed off sure. that too, the, uh, as well as the opposite energy. You know, so I found when I had a plan, it was just, it just it helped me not to over parent and overreact. Uh, Good. Well, I like things like that because all the details, whether it's about putting things away, whether it's about um, talking back or getting your child to do something or clean their room. I like I like when you have a starting place because things can be so dynamic and changing. But if you have the energy right, it'll it'll permeate through, you know, whatever you're trying to do and, and benefit that situation. Yeah, which leads to number two, make it their problem. Mm -hmm. So too often, we, their disobedience, we make it our problem. And that's why we're getting angry, frustrated, uh, right? The only reason you're mad and frustrated is because you've made it your problem, not theirs. Uh, so for instance, uh, let's say it's uh, putting away their clothes. Uh, what I do is I'll, I'll make it when we come back and 15 minutes later, they're sitting on the floor playing with something and they haven't put their stuff away. We go, what are you doing? I told you to put it away and you're not putting it. And we get all upset like, and we make it our problem. Uh, it's my problem that you will obey or not obey. But in the end, they're the one who stands before God of whether they obeyed or disobeyed. Uh, so we, we put it back on them. And, and, uh, but that's because we planned for it. So I can walk in, let's say the, the clothes are still out. Oh, wow. That's a bummer, guys. Um, you know, I, I noticed that I already told you uh, for, for the stuff to be put away and it's not. 
And so I'm able to talk in a calm voice and I go, hey, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put a uh, 10 minute timer on and I'm going to come back in 10 minutes and whatever clothes are on the floor are going to go to Goodwill. I like it. I'll be back in 10 minutes. And, you, you know, you walk away and then they go. And then it only takes a couple times to come back. And then here's where it becomes their problem. If they go, good, take it. I didn't like those clothes anyway. Oh, hey, sure, no problem. I'm sure some kids would love it. Well, the next time they go to pick those clothes out, that's when you have to have the full plan is go. And they go, I, I want to wear this, or I really wish I still had that. I know, babe, it's such a bummer. I really love those clothes too. Uh, maybe next time you'll put them away quicker. You know, you just always put it back on them and let them wear the problem, uh, even with food or, or any other uh, choices, the more they can wear the problem. So for my two boys were arguing and I came in and of course we can make it our problem and try to solve the problem for them. And they're both telling me, he hit me. He said this, he did that. And I said, Oh man, guys, it sounds like we're not getting along in here. I said, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk away and I'm going to go uh, grab a, a glass of water and come back. And by that time, because it takes way too much energy for me to figure out who's lying and who's not and, and this and that. If you guys can solve your own problem by the time I get back, we're all good. But if not, then you both get consequences. Uh, so I left, grabbed a glass of water, and on my way uh, back, I could hear them whispering. In the, and I came in. I said, all right, uh, consequences, or are you guys good? <laughs> and they, they figured out. They made it their yeah. problem the, and figured it out. And they they go, we're good. It's, it's, we're good. Uh, it's a it's a unique um, uh, and a necessary teaching approach that I think from a timely perspective, you know, we've been hearing <clears throat> for about a decade now, if not longer about, um, you know, they label it a variety of different things, helicopter parenting, a variety of other things. But the reality is, is that it really, what it comes down to is that as a society, we've collectively decided that our kids don't have any reason to be accountable for their actions. There's no consequences for the things that they do or do not do. Um, and those that that's one of the reasons why we ultimately run into the problems that many of them are now as young adults are running into because they've never been held accountable for anything. And they're running into trying to, you know, get a job or wondering why they're not getting promoted fast enough or these things that, you know, um, that we have ultimately as a society decided to teach them because we have not held, held them accountable. And I, I like the idea um, and like the, the lesson that you're, that you're giving here as, as, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, a dramatic consequence, but it, it need, there needs to be not consequences nonetheless. So that way they can be held accountable. And can, can I ask you also um, in these examples, is it possible that how would you do this for a teen or say, maybe you have somebody that's a young 20 year old. Do you have experience? I know, cause I know you've done other levels of, 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 of kids and in the young adults and even men's ministries and men's, men's, um, you know, workshops. So can, is there a way to scale that for people who maybe have somebody who's a teen or a kid who's at college or something like that? And, and maybe make an example for those situations as well. Sure. Right. Ultimately, uh, we want to train it in early mm -hmm. and young, uh, uh, the gentleman who does, and there's a, a, a good resource called Love and Logic. And uh, one of his big sayings is, I'd rather my kid crash his tricycle than our family van. You know, meaning let them learn young through natural consequences and through putting the problem back on them so that they develop the, you know, that process in their brain to make the right choices early and younger. Uh, but for those of us, right, that later on into the teen years, uh, what I find is then we realize we've let them get too far. Uh, and then we try to, so a warning would be uh, careful jumping in at that chapter mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and trying to, because it, it typically, and then restrict everything. It typically will, will produce um, rebellion pretty quick. Well, they're, they're already... Can, they're already naturally going to rebel at that age anyway, because that's sort of how they're, um, you know, um, programmed to respond at that sort of, you know, those teen years anyway, right? They're, they're starting to, oh. they're starting to get the feeling of 
hey, I got to become more and more independent. I'm trying to break away from, you know, whatever they're trying to break away from. So that's a natural course of action. So to your point, if that's when you're trying to create accountability and consequences for actions that never had that before, it would be, it'll compound that problem. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, right. And that it just, you, you almost like squeeze it out of them, this rebellion and make it easier, which will, we'll, we'll cover that as we get to, um, uh, conflict resolution because it sure. feeds right into it. Um, but the biggest tip with that would be um, <clears throat> help them fast forward because a lot of times in our brains, we're not, they're not trained to see forward. So if they come to you with a problem where you see a problem, uh, ask them what they're going to do about it. So they come to you and they go, oh man, my coach is acting like this or that, or, oh, this is happening. And you go, okay, well, what are you going to, what would you like to do about it? And if they give, give you ideas, help them to say, okay, and how's that going to work out? Mm. So what are you going to do about it? And then how's that going to work out? And if they don't have any ideas, present the worst one first. <laughs> say, well, why don't you go up and why don't you, go, why don't you quit the team and, you know, and cuss them out you know, and tell them he's the worst coach ever and da, da, da. And typically they'll go, yeah, I might want to do that. And you go, okay, well, how's that going to work? And if you start with the worst one, they go, oh, okay, you're right. That's, that's bad. That's a bad idea. Why don't you push your coach and uh, punch him in front of everybody? Yeah, okay, you're right. That's not going to work. All right, well, and, and then come up with some other options and help them fast forward in their own mind, training them to look how, how is that, what are going to be the consequences to uh, whatever action I take. Uh, so staying calm and giving them the ability to make those choices as you guide them through it uh, will we'll definitely uh, help them. And the same thing with the consequences. I mean, you, you can't tell them, control what they're going to do. So that, that would be a big one is don't try to control what they do, but only tell them what you can do. Uh, so in other words, if they don't take out the trash, hey, hey, you know, uh, I asked you to take the trash out, but you didn't, uh, you, you know, instead of trying to control them, say, here's what I'm going to do. If the trash isn't out on the curb, I'm going to do this. So, you know, instead of telling them what to do, you can, you give them what they're supposed, you know, tell them what they're supposed to do. And instead of trying to control it, just instead can take what you can control and that's yourself. So say, here's what I'm going to do <clears throat> and then get creative in that. I do remember hearing that. And then I think it wasn't like a, the backside of that. And then you have to scrub the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> Well, get even that. Well, or I'll take the trash out for you. So, however, you're now you're going to pay me to. Right, right, right. I knew there was. I knew there was a little, little tweak on the backside there. And I'm expensive. (laughs) Say, look, you made me use my energy. No problem. I'll take the trash out for you, but you're going to pay me twenty (laughs) dollars every time I have to take the trash out for you. You know, and make it you know not too extreme, but just yeah. You want to be a business owner? Here we go. (laughs) One. I'd be all right taking the trash can out for 20 bucks if they don't want to do it. No problem. So, you know, you got to make sure it works for, for you. Um, but at the same time that they go, Oh yeah, I never mind. Uh, but right that cause that's what you right. can control. You, you know, so the problem is it becomes a control. And then even that, once you know, you're going to bring a certain consequence, uh, feel free to give them a little bit of taste of control and not control, but just a sense of ownership in, all right. Hey, listen, you're going to be in for the night. Um, would you rather be in for the night and spend it in your room or would you rather spend it in our mm-hmm. room? You know, you see, I, you give them a little, now my one, one son that worked fabulous for my other son is the kind that still wants to <laughs> and continue. <laughs> Jason. So like, well, why does it have to be in your room or that room? I would like it in this room. And I want it with the door open. <laughs> yeah. It is funny how it's, I have four kids and so they're there and um, they are all different for sure. Even though they were raised in the same house uh, and have a subsect of the two older ones are actually really different than the two younger ones. And, um, and so there's, there's a similarity um, between the two younger ones that uh, is, and then there's a similarity between the two older ones that, um, you know, can create those, um, you know, like with the older ones, I, I, I get frustrated with these types of things because they um, aren't as sort of generally 
as motivated. They, they, they're kind of looking for the world to, you know, happen for them and they're not as proactive, whereas the other younger two are a little bit more engaged in, in the world and don't see the world as being something that um, somehow they're owed uh, something. Um, so there's a level of entitlement maybe with the two older, older two that um, don't know where it comes from, but they, they sort of have a, hmm. a thin thread of that. Uh, we do everything we can to snip that thread and remind them that that's not really there, but nonetheless, it's there. And uh, but the other thing that I find is that the opposite is true for the younger ones, where I'm also like, well, you you're almost too structured at times. You're too you're too rigid. You're too you know if things don't work out exactly the way that you want them because you're taking control of your life. And I I'm proud of you for that. You know, as a 20 year old and a 15 year old, I'm proud of them taking ownership in their life and being accountable for their actions and. All of that's great. I feel like, hey, I can pat, pat myself. A great job, but sometimes I also say, right. but patience, because sometimes you have right. to push yourself and push the boundaries. And 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 as you, you know, become an adult, there is there are moments there to be, you know, pushing up against the envelope, right? So um, and pushing yourself against that. So it's an interesting balance um, with kids and, and obviously you see it with the your two boys that you're trying to raise them exactly the, at least with the same principles right but they, but they're different people so they're going to have different reactions yeah oh gosh yeah and even then you know when they're receiving sure. consequences they both react so differently you know uh, i mean it is the typical one becomes very humble and the other one becomes very prideful and, and <laughs> very <interesting>. stubborn. <laughs> but it's amazing how you guys have, you know, you spend enough time with them and build enough relationship with them that you guys know the cues and you guys know the environments that sort of um, minimize, you know, the effect. Like I, I know that we've been on the beach and, and you know, when, when Jonathan's ready for a little time, he, you know, he's one of those, he's a cool kid that likes, you know, doesn't mind, playing and digging and, and be, spending some time with his, himself, you know, if the crowd's getting a little rammy and, you know, that's just, you guys picture that in him, see that happening, put him in an environment that, you know, builds, you know, builds him back up again and, and, um, and he benefits from it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the more we know them, it's just like, in, you know, I was a coach for a long time as well, you know, I like to coach individually as much as corporately with the team uh, because each kid has a different temperament. Each kid has a different, um, you know, physical, uh, you know, in wrestling specifically, a a physical build. And so what, what, what might work for one kid doesn't always work for another or tweak it a bit. So the more I understood them and the same thing with the boys, I mean, the principles are still the same. It's just, you know, how it fleshes out and, and so, which makes it even more difficult than when you have four kids, geez, I can't, <laughs> God, God only gave us it's, two, uh, that's all we could handle. No, it's been, uh, you know, you we break after that. <laughs> when we were younger, it's, uh, they're obviously, um, they're a lot older now. So things are, it's, a- Did we lose him? No, we got you. Oh, I'm there. Yeah. I'm there. Did you lose me? Or okay, yeah. I think, there. Justin, you. No okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah. You, 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 let's go into your third part. You there. did. Yeah, okay. Unless you have more about me. the second. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, model with humility. Uh, so that then as a parent, uh, and this goes with teens as well, too, especially with teens uh, and, well, with all ages, but teens as i work throughout ministry and older students they don't want to just hear it they want to see it uh you can say hey we need to act like this or we need to do this you know Uh, but if you don't model it oh boy i'm back i go ahead you back you back yeah yeah, i I heard you you so you may want to start with humility again since it wasn't that long ago and i'm not too sure we're just recorded You'll have my recording. All right. Uh, yeah. So model with humility. Uh, so and, and modeling in front of students takes humility uh, and transparency. But uh, teens specifically are looking for you to uh, do it and model it, not just say it. Uh, 
So in ministry, you'll find uh, a phases of a, of a child. Uh, when they're younger, they just hear everything and typically take it all in, right? Then when they start to get to middle school, they start to question and ask a lot of questions and go, really, is this really what I want to believe? And then uh, when it comes to, but they're still very impressionable. Uh, and then when it comes to those teen ages, uh, they're very, uh, oh, yeah, show me. I want to see it, which is what their biggest struggle. A lot of times when I was in youth ministry, <laughs> their biggest struggle was, yeah, but my parents. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but the pastor. Yeah, but the, this people, uh, they, they, because they, they didn't see it. Nobody was modeling it for them. And then even when I tried to work with parents to model it, they kept wanting to pass it. Well, you're a good model. Well, you're a good model. I said, no, 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 no. Uh, you're the one who needs to model it for your children. That's that's way too easy just to pass it off on some other person sure. and make them live the right way while you go and do whatever you want. Uh, so when it comes to all this, the more you can, and even going into conflict resolution, this all works there too, is model it. And and as you model it, it, it takes humility because we, we often fail as a model as well. And so often I have to humble myself and come before my my boys and and that is powerful with teens too i have found some of the my most powerful moments was when i when i stopped a class and had to apologize in front of a of the class to a student and say you know what what you did was wrong but the way i handled it was not right i was harsh and i was uh, yeah. overreacting and i and i am sorry please forgive me and that student, I mean, didn't know. I mean, it, and he was a bad kid. One of the kids he didn't <laughs> want anyway. Um, but that went so far. With, like his mom said, it, it, some, he came home today and was just floored. Right. No adult has ever well, I, I learned a lesson in the, in the restaurant business. I, I, was, yeah, I was a young manager, and, and my boss at the time um, taught me how to deal with um, and own uh, issues uh, you know, and then a lot of customers, well, not a lot, but customers who would complain, you know, uh, you know how do you deal with that? How do you manage through that? Um, and, and really found that the first thing that I do, and I teach this now with my sales team all the time, is that when, when a customer or a part, or, you know, a business partner of ours calls and is yelling and screaming about something that <laughs> didn't work out right, we, the first thing you do is to calm the whole situation down is thank them for the call. Because and thank them for them calling you to let them know, let you know how they feel, because the fact that they're calling and, and the more that they quite honestly yell and, and puff their chest out and are, they're upset, the more they tell you that they care. I, I always teach them that the worst scenarios that exist out there are the, the customers that have problems and they don't call you to complain because you can't fix those problems. Right. So, you know, I, I, I like the idea of. You know, this mm. um, taking that ownership, being Good. accountable, humbling yourself in that moment. I, I always tell my team to say when the, when a customer calls to complain and up to and including yelling and screaming about the situation, thank them. The first thing you do is thank them because it diffuses the whole situation, brings it down to a calm level and you can have dialogue. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, that's all. That's great part of the conflict resolution system, too, because what you've created, too, is in their brain, and we can go over this as we go and jump into that segment, uh, with conflict resolution is the law of reciprocity. Uh, you're creating, because when they're nice to them, oh man, yep. thank you so much for calling. Man, I really hear in your voice that you care about yep. this product or about this service or whatever, and, and how important it is to you. And, and thank you for sharing that. You know, right, when you're calm, though, that's modeling energy, you know, when, when you're calmer uh, and then when you're able to respond with kindness and thank them in mm -hmm. their brain, it's saying you should respond mm -hmm. with kindness yeah. as well. Can, now, can you connect that with, and, and unless you think it's a side thing and, and you want to stay on this train, but can you connect that to your work with, you know, bullying mm -hmm. and resilience? Because that's huge for kids. But you can, you can, you can add it on at the end if, if, you're, oh, if you're on a train yeah. right now. No, that is, that's exactly it. I mean, that's, uh, that's the same thing. What you're teaching them to do is what we teach students to do. Uh, and really the two, when anybody's being mean to you, and we can go over the reasons for people, why, why, the three reasons why people are mean, but no matter what it is, in order to, to be peacemakers, 
because it says blessed are the peacemakers. Yep. So you're teaching them right in sales, how to make peace with this person, how to keep peace. And we're blessed when we do that. And the two parts to peacemaking is stay calm, right? Because if that salesperson or that, they, that customer service person gets upset and angry back, well, they're creating the opposite, the, yep. the opposite version of the law of reciprocity they want. And justifying sure. it in the person's exactly. mind that your yeah. company sucks and they mm-hmm. should be upset. <laughs> right. And then, so stay calm and then treat them the way you want to be treated, yeah. which is utilizing the law of reciprocity. And that's the golden rule. Uh, so I, I uh, you know, I teach students and parents, everyone, it really applies everywhere. So although we might take it to a student, this really applies in every scenario with your spouse. Uh, when you can stay calm, and then treat them the way you wish they were treating you or be kind, right? Uh, then you, you create a, a peace or you at least, and then right. if the person doesn't get sure. peaceful, at least you're at peace. And I, uh, I think to be important. able to treat people how you want to be treated, it probably <laughs> would be important to know why people get angry because we get angry. So why do we get angry? Right. Well, right. So three, so it all starts with like, if if a student comes to you, well, we get angry because of what we, all right. So no, (laughs) if I'm spewing too much, let me know. Uh, But our, our feelings. So it's the ABCs. One, there's an aggressive action. And then, so that's a, and then C a consequence, an emotional consequence to that aggressive action. So the person calls on the phone, right? Or somebody cuts you off on the road and we're like, they just cut me off and we feel angry towards them. So what we typically do is since we have the emotional consequence so fast connected to their action, their aggressive action, what we do is we associate the feeling with the action. However, between A and C, the aggressive action and our emotional consequence, C, is B. And that's what we believe about what they did. Right? So if we can change what we believe about what they did and who they are and all that, then we can change how we feel. So often students, especially right now, they're, we're taught that they don't know about this belief. And so their feelings are always attached to actions. They did this. You made me feel like this. I've, and they never take Instagram, Facebook, um, conversation. Yeah. The, the whole oh. emotional roller coaster of a child all the way up to a hundred. <laughs> yeah. And they don't know how to manage those emotions because they, because they keep attaching the emotions, the consequence of their emotions keep to going. the action that happened. Well, this makes me feel, and yeah, then what's sad is in schools, we're teaching them that this is what's wrong. Oh, you there? So what we're teaching them in school, unfortunately, is that this is how to respond. So the typical anti-bullying will do this. When somebody calls you ugly, you should get upset. And so we attach a belief to that action. Or they should be more sensitive. You should be upset when somebody calls you ugly. Right. You should, yeah, be sensitive about, right. So we, we keep trying to attack. However, uh, if you change what you believe, meaning what if I have the yeah. belief, you know what? Right. Anybody can call me anything they want. They're entitled to their own opinion and that's okay. If I operate and just because they call me ugly doesn't mean they're my enemy. Ooh. So I believe that you're my friend who's bringing me good information <laughs> about myself. And if I believe that, guess what my consequences Well, here, here's the other, here's the other little side oh, hey, truth thanks. to all of that. Is sometimes we all are ugly. Like we, we have to be honest with the fact that sometimes I look in the mirror and go, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a handsome man. And I'm, right. other times I'm like, man, you are ugly. You know? And it's not just physical. It's, it's all of those other. It's emotional. It's spiritual. It's that, that, that beauty and or ugliness comes from a lot of different places, not just how your hair looks or, you know, <laughs> whether you washed your face or not. It's uh, th- those are different things. And then um, I think that that if, if you know that about yourself, there's a self-awareness about that reality that allows for you to roll with that a little easier as well. So. That's now I know we've been we've all been trying to <laughs> you know look like John Fresh you know I, I still wish I, I still wish I had his hair you know 
man, what a hairline, you know? <laughs> I resent that. Oh. Um, but that is it, right? I mean, so even with that, <laughs> I, <laughs> well, you could though. Well, well so let, let's, right. that's laughter, but it's also, let's be honest. Right. You could get upset, right? And there's somebody who might. And so what do we do? Do we, do we penalize or like make it a legal battle now that you got upset because you could choose to, if you wanted to, I could call you awesome. You're amazing and handsome. And if you, if, if you get upset enough, according to our terms and the way we live now, that could be a legal uh, pursuit for you. If, If I do it over time and I do it with the intent to hurt you, or you feel like I'm doing it with the intent to harm you, um, and it's done over time, right? And I create an imbalance of power, which really, and that's what we teach too, is, is that imbalance of power that is created could be by you right. lowering yourself. So John gets upset and all mad. Well, now the power has been imbalanced because you, you're getting all upset, right? By me <laughs> saying you've got a great yep. looking hair. And, but then it's also so subjective, right? Who? I call you ugly. You think it's funny sure. and you love it. I call this yeah, other person no ugly doubt. and I'm in the middle of a, of a, of a lawsuit. So the subjectiveness, which, which makes it difficult, you know, especially for teachers and principals and, and everywhere, it's, it's subjective to the person's, honestly, level of resilience and the, how easily frustrated they'll get. So here's the system. I'll, I'll give it to you. And then you guys can... Uh, break it into how deep you want to go. Uh, but when a student or a child comes to you and tells you this person's being mean to me, if it's not specific or even they're using the word bully, I'm being bullied at school. Uh, we typically try to avoid the word bully. And if we had it our way, we would eliminate it because uh, it's not doing any help. It's actually doing a lot of harm. And the word bully uh, originally meant something else. Uh, actually the opposite. It meant, uh, I, I bully you. It meant charity, like uh, and and care and and love for. Uh, so it, it, a president even used it as the the this pulpit is a bully pulpit, a chance for us to do the great amount of work and charity for our country the, as a president. <laughs> so, however, now it becomes the exact opposite. Uh, so. What I, we do is we get away from the word bully and even just generality of being mean. So what happened? So that's the first question. What happened? You know, uh, Mackenzie, uh, you know, Sally's being mean to me. She's bullying me. All right, well, what happened? And you want to get to the specifics of, of what happened. Well, she called me a name. She said she hates my hair uh, the way I did my hair today. Next question then is, how, well, how do you feel about that? Oh, I'm angry because you're trying to see where they are emotionally. Uh, so well, how do you feel that? Well, I'm mad. I can't believe you would say something like that. Man. Or she might even say, ah, I, mean, I don't care. It kind of bothered me a little bit. Like it was, you know, uh, but in the end, whatever. Okay. You see that she's not as emotional towards it. Um, and ultimately on the emotional scale, and this is a challenge for all of us. Uh, <laughs> if we could say, well, I'm glad she called me right. or she said she didn't like my hair. <laughs> Can we get to the point that we're glad? Uh, about these things yeah. uh, now to ask a child to go from angry to glad is 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 ridiculous you just you, you uh, the emotional <clears throat> stretch for them and they won't buy into what you're where you're taking them so on a scale mad is the strongest because when we're angry and mad we are willing to hurt ourselves or others so that is the that's the barometer there that we want to be careful of when somebody's angry and mad about it uh, then the next level going working downward is sad. They're just sad about it. Typically when you're sad, you're, you're, you're more bummed out and, and sad, but you're not willing to hurt others or yourself. So that's the, you want to be able to get somebody from mad to sad. And then if they're sad, you want to get them to indifferent or just, yeah, I don't care. And then if they're indifferent, you might even be able to get them to the fourth and final, which is glad about it. How can they, I mean, imagine if your child, somebody came up and said something really horrible about them and they go, you know, I'm really glad they said that. Right. You'd look at them like, what did you just say? Yeah. Uh, but you'd also be so impressed with their emotional uh, health. 
uh, that's like the tip. You know, well, and it's the, it's amazing how much and there's um, actually specific language um, down questions, that things of that nature, all uh, um, control that. Um, you know, and I look, I work in a corporate situation, and I'll, and you know, one of the first things with some of the younger employees that come to me and say, you know, these are my issues, and I, I you know, th- these are all my problems, and I, I immediately just squash that language. And, you know, continue to flip that into what I'm hearing is you have opportunities to do X, Y, and Z based off mm. of what you're telling me. They're not issues. They're not problems. They're opportunities. So it, it's, it, you know, internally, sometimes we joke about the corporate speak that we have. And, uh, but it's, it's there for a reason. It's there to change a mindset from I have issues and you need to help me solve my issues and my problems to no, you, you have an opportunity. What, would, what are you going to do with this opportunity? How are you going to handle this opportunity that's being presented to you? And over time, I jokingly used to um, joke with my boss, my former boss, every time he'd give me a new task that um, I wasn't super in love with, uh, let's just say, I would always say, I just want to take this opportunity to thank you for the opportunity to grow as an individual. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. it was done a little tongue in cheek, but that was the reality of it. Um, I knew that that was going to be the outcome. Um, and I needed to have that mindset going into it. Um, but it just got, had gotten to that point where I, it's, I, we could kind of even joke about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's good. So you just, I mean, you learned to position yourself for resilience. Yeah, I'm right? not, I'm not so you had a plan that, going in that helped you not to overreact or underreact. Mm-hmm. Now, I, well, I, my, yeah, I, I tend to go passive aggressive <laughs> when I'm trying to stay calm. <laughs> so I would yeah, say that exactly. same comment. Yeah, great. Oh, I'm, sure. I'm looking so forward to this opportunity to improve. <laughs> um, well, so here's what I would say for, uh, and we can apply this in all different directions. When they come with a problem mm-hmm. like that, if, ask them how they feel about it. Because they might not be ready to see it as an opportunity. Let's say they're really, I mean, pissed off and angry about the problem. Uh, You want to get them to more bummed and then indifferent. So here's two types of questions you can ask. How could it be worse? Well, three questions. Uh, How could it be worse is a great question. Well, man, you're right. That means to acknowledge the problem with empathy. And that that really does sound like a problem. And I see like, you know, you're pretty upset by it. So you've empathized, you've validated, right, all that. Then go, well, let me, let me ask you this. If you really notice they're angry, uh, could it be worse? And then help them imagine a worst case scenario because in their mind and in a, in a child's mind, whatever it is they're facing, the reason they're angry is because nothing else in the world could be worse right now. You know? and, and they're so fixated on that uh, that if you can get them down off of that and help them to see it worse, you'll notice they'll start to de-escalate. Uh, I love that you used that word earlier. Because uh, that's ultimately what we want to do with this feeling section. So ask them, uh, could it be worse? Or maybe even uh, the verbiage of how, how won't that matter in the future, in your future? So if they called you ugly or they didn't invite you to somebody's birthday party, right? How won't that matter five years from now? Uh, and, you know, that gets them out of the moment and it gets them out of that. This is the worst thing ever. Uh, then the next one is... Um, at least phrases. So uh, helping them develop, you know, all right, that is a problem, but at least I have this and at least I'm able to do this. Uh, so then you're de-escalating them down to now where they're able to hear a solution. Because uh, if they're mad and maybe even sad, sad I can still work with, um, but if they're mad, they typically don't want to hear any solutions uh, or aren't willing, able to even come up with a solution because they're shut down. So if you can de-escalate through those types yeah. of questions of, uh, you know, uh, helping them come up with some at least, uh, that'll help. And then they well, need to know well, you understand. I, well, it's a, there's right. a, the old Theodore Roosevelt uh, so friend, saying that nobody cares what you know until they know. Well, right. Care, yeah. Right? So there's <laughs> you have to show that empathy for there to be some willingness for them to um, listen to whatever you need to teach them, you know, so. um sure and this works for if you're parenting your own child and they're the ones being mean to you right and you want to get all upset well the first thing i do is i go hey at least you have a child 
at least you have this opportunity to sure. have a conversation with them. Well, at least, so you can see how those at least help yeah. me reframe my emotions. Yep. You know, well, it could be worse. He could be 20 years old and doing this, you know, and, you know, or he could be. Uh, so I, I do those little mental gymnastics uh, in order to be able to uh, reposition myself so that now when I look at him and talk to him, I'm not doing it through anger or sadness. Uh, I'm doing it through at least. You got that time component matters too, right? Because I know know, three minutes from now, if I miss this opportunity, I'm going to be upset with myself. So calm down and be here right now and help her through this, you know. Because you, you could think back to missed opportunities. You know, how many times are you three minutes yeah. behind on a parenting moment? Oh, that I should have I should have played that game and not said I was tired. Oh, I should have, you know, you can almost, you know, pull pull from that. So you don't miss those miss those chances to go through it the right way instead of having to repair it later and feel bad that, you know, you, you didn't do it maybe the way that you wish you would have. John, that's amazing. Yeah, and that's great. And that's why we have a plan. Sure. And because, well, so why do sure. we even miss those opportunities? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we purposely avoid right. them, if we're honest, yeah. because we don't know how to handle them. Right. <laughs> and so that's under parenting. Oh, just, you know what? I don't want to deal with it. Uh, yep, babe. Mm-hmm. You'll be, you'll be fine. You got this. And you, and you dismiss them. Uh, sure. Right, because I don't know how to handle conflict well, resolution well, Jason, myself. Listen, um, because I, I, uh, I, <laughs> I'm all think we could probably talk for another two hours, and, and but why don't, do. why don't we take this opportunity um, to let everybody know how they get in touch with you and and potentially, you know, work with you even further? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in in this realm, uh, JasonStanleyMarshall.com is a. If you go there, that's kind of where I'm at. And then uh, I do have a uh, Jason Marshall and, Resilience. And coach, generally speaking, who, who are you targeting? Um, who do you, you, who do you prefer way, to work with? Or are you kind of open to, to anybody? I know that yeah. you've done a couple different, you know, a lot of different things. So is there a specific type of group you shoot for? Or are you, you kind of open to all different um, groups and opportunities? I've adjusted the core content to, and, and it can be applied anywhere. And yes, I've worked with a, a gotcha. right now. And so all of that material is directed into speaking at schools. It's what I've made uh, more on the business side. Uh, and then, however, I've uh, mm-hmm. done it to, for businesses. I've done it for right on the customer service end and how to work with customers. And then I've done it with parents and as well as, you know, other environments. So uh, but yeah, so it works in, in all, but uh, yeah. we've been focused That's in the great. student well, arena. In the school, it's been a pleasure getting to know uh, you a little bit and, as well and as I uh, appreciate the, the time that you've spent with us today. And, um, and I, hopefully we get to talk again pretty soon. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, John. Take care. Yeah. Thanks, Jason. Keep the conversation going. Hit play.